We're getting ready for another edition of the Jamco Talks podcast. Before we get into our guest today, I want to tell you that the Jamco Talks podcast is now available on the new podcast station of Verbal. It is the world's largest streaming audio platform. And the Jamco Talks podcast is now live on there. The Verbal streaming platform. Say goodbye to progressive downloads. Showcase your content and themed playlists. Cut your audio into snack size bites. It's a bit of a tongue twister. That snack size bites, snack size bites, snack size bites. And have a new way to even put your own podcast on there. And a new way for your playlist to be found by all the audience members audio categories and featured station artists verbal is built for audio creators just like you you know the verbal they don't call themselves the world's largest streaming audio platform without a podcast like mine like yours like everyone from podcasts guided meditation guided meditations sound effects old time radio uh, audiobooks and more verbal is your new home for everything audio and uh, if you got a podcast around go ahead and claim it on the verbal podcast station and join the audio revolution the following is an fwc collection production jamco talks jamco talks jamco talks with the jamco the jamco the jamco i got a super-sized guest for you here today i'm gonna be talking to youtube sensation uh, all-round gamer, Canadian guy, A. We're going to be talking about all things video games. We're going to take a journey through the Nintendo Directs, Pokemon, Spyro, Crash, Zelda, all of it. And uh, we're also going to be getting into a lot of topics to do with old Aaron himself, including the lockdown restrictions in Canada. And also talking about his Christian faith and what that means to him. It's coming up here, and it's coming up live right now on the Jamco Talks podcast. You're listening to the voice of the Jamco, which can only mean one thing. It is time for another edition of the Jamco Talks podcast. Another Friday for your viewing ears. Viewing ears? Does that even make sense? Viewing it? No, it doesn't. Never mind. Never mind. I just said that. For your uh, your listening privileges. Uh, and uh, what a guest we've got today. So uh, usually we do guests where we dabble within the online wrestling stuff. We dabble with uh, a little bit of everything uh, in terms of when we talk to people. But you know, sometimes I like to do a little bit of U-turn and uh, switch over to video games. You know, I love video games. We all love video games. A great way to pass the time. Uh, and a man that I have here is uh, a YouTuber called Canadian Guy Eh especially if you're one of these uh, Canadians that say that. Uh, on YouTube, 64,000 subscribers specializes in videos such as Spyro, such as Crash. And if you listen to our previous edition with Crystal Fisher, of course, we went all into Spyro. And we'll be doing the same thing with, uh, with Aaron and also the Crash videos. Also a little bit about his channel and uh, also many things that spiraled off into his own kind of uh, brand, especially the Wumper Time podcast, which you can check out on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and also SoundCloud. So many different things to talk about. And uh, we're going to bring him in right now. Aaron, what's going on, baby? How you doing? Hey, hey, how's it going? It's great to be here. Going to be uh, talking about many different things with you. We're going to go all over the place. And uh, I, I, I guess... Let's go. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. I, you know, I'd usually do my little uh, my little notes for everybody. And man, I've got a long-ass notes for you. There's uh, a lot of stuff on there. So, uh, you know, I think... The best way to describe you is the man with the most sensual, funkiest moustache that I've ever seen. 
<laughs> I'm causing extremely complimented. Thank you. No, that uh, that's been a new addition since the uh, lockdown. Uh, <laughs> well, I, so. I got to tell you, when I when you when I was checking out your Twitter and all those kind of things, and there I saw them, and I was like, damn. Like I've got face, <laughs> I've got my usual stubble, you know. But I think, how did you get it so long? Like. <laughs> Uh, literally being in uh, lockdown because honestly, um, I, I was trying to grow a beard. I was, um, and I found out that uh, where your beard connects all together, literally like at the jawline and up to the side of your mouth is bald. So where everything yeah. meets is completely bald. So it's just like, well, this sucks. Uh, so, you know, I, I was trimming it down and then I left the mustache and uh, my wife was like, Hey, you should keep that. I was like, all right, sure. Why not? I kept it on as a joke. And then uh, my sister saw it. She's like, hey, you look really good with the mustache. I said, oh, thank you. And I was just kind of like, all right. Oh, I was and about to say, oh, yeah. I'm wondering if the, if the wife said, no, take it off, Aaron. I hate it. No, 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 no. She was all for it. Oh. I was like, okay. So then uh, it, as a joke, my sister, she went, she bought the um, this uh, wax so that it curls. She's like, here, try this. Oh, I was like, wow. I was like, okay. So I tried it. And uh, I decided to pop on the stream with it on the one day. And it was just, everyone was just like, oh, we love it. And I was just like, okay. So I guess it stays. <laughs> You're one of these guys where you, you live with uh, your family, you live with a, a group of guys or girls. And, you know, someone says, hey, I'm going to the shower. I'll be, uh, I'll be two minutes. And then uh, you, Aaron, you go to the bathroom and say, man, where's Aaron been? And you look at the door, Aaron, it's getting there. And you're like, sorry, I'm just uh, waxing my mustache. Like, Hurry up. <laughs> No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes my wife kicks me out. <laughs> Sometimes she's like, "Get out!" I'm like, "I'm like, but I'm not done yet." <laughs> it does happen. So, with a lot of the videos and a lot of the stuff that you've got a brand of the YouTube channel on, it's obviously been around, you know, a, a lot of, of different types of video games. And of course, uh, there's sort of certain phases where you'll you'll sort of go through different ones. Of course, we're going to go right back to the beginning a little bit later. But I just kind of wanted to figure out, you know, if if we look at the channel and the videos you know, all in one sort of go is, do you, do you kind of think that when, when you've, when you create this channel and you create this YouTube, it always becomes a brand, it almost becomes like your personal project. But do you find there's a clash between you talking to people and making money and, and, you know, doing playthroughs of video games clashing with almost this sort of this assignment in a way, like this chore of having to produce content all the time and always maybe having to keep time frames or maybe just having to do anything at all. Absolutely. No, it's uh, absolutely. Uh, there is a lot of clashing. So, for example, uh, as someone who talks about Crash and Spyro all the time, I still haven't 100% Crash 4. And people are like, how have you not 100% Crash 4? And it's like, because I spend more time talking about it and digging into it than actually playing mm -hmm. it. I, I'll play an hour a day. And from that hour, I'll do seven hours of work. And yeah, it's so, you know, when people turn around, they're like, hey, how come, you know, when I go to live stream and they see, because when you start up, you can see your percentages and how much you've gone in and uh, it it'll, it'll still says 96%. And they're like, how could you have not 100%ed it even though it's been out for months? It's like, because I have different profiles for, I have a different profile for when I stream, I have my recording profile and then I have a personal profile. So I had the profile when I was reviewing the game. Then yeah. I have a personal profile for when I'm uh, trying to go and get footage. And then I have a profile for when I'm streaming because I don't want people to join the stream. And then I jumped four levels and then people that tuned in, they're like, hey, what about these four levels that you missed? Oh, no, I already did that on my off time. People don't want to see that. So mm. there's a lot of clash in the terms of people thinking that I'm inexperienced because they turn around, they see you're not even 100% crash for yet. How can we turn and look at you? It's like, because I spend more time doing research and talking about it and practicing certain mechanics and actually completing the game because 
It's just a matter of like, uh, I'm just, it takes a lot of time. It takes a mm. lot of time to be able to not just hundred percent crash, but also to have run three different profiles at once. And then also, um, try to balance work life and family life. You know, I got two kids, you know, so it's, well, that's uh, what I was about to go into. So mm -hmm. you, you have the channel, you do all the stuff yeah. behind that in terms of art and, you know, editing and whatever else you've got your job, which I guess is creatively demanding as well. Right. Cause I'm guessing you're in that sort of video editing field. Yeah. 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 Well, YouTube and content creation is my full-time job. It's what I do hundred percent. It's, uh, what, uh, holds the home up. It's what uh, my wife is a stay-at-home mom, and mm. you know, I've been blessed to be able to do that full time. And but it's uh, just because I can do it full time doesn't mean it's not easy. Because you know, imagine having two mm. rambunctious kids, and you know, <laughs> it 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 can, it can be diff it can be difficult. And I love my I love my babies to death. They're my world, and uh, it's you know it's it's hard though because it's sometimes. I will work for eight hours and only two hours of that eight hours was work because six hours of it was taking care of the kids, wiping a butt, chasing after them, taking them, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it can't, it can't get rough. And then by the time they go to bed by eight o'clock, I might be able to get two, three hours of work in before I'm exhausted and I'm dead by the end of the day. Well, that's my, my point that I wanted to get into. So as I was sort of continuing on was again, this is the, the full-time job being able yeah. to juggle a family as well. You know, mm -hmm. when do you actually out of the week, get time for you to just breathe or do anything yourself. It's, it's hard to find some weeks. I don't, um, sometimes I'll go, uh, especially, um, when there is, uh, when you got a new title coming, um, there's this time I call like, that's like this crunch time. And it's usually about a month to a month and a half, uh, before release of the game that I'm talking about. So, this being Spire Reignited, Crash Team Racing, and um, Crash 4. There's this about month and a half of just no break. No mm. break. It's through the week. There's just no break. And then, but on a normal work week, I usually get about Saturday afternoon to myself. Usually. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With that, with that being said, then, you know, we're talking about you, you know, people want to label it anyway, but it's you playing video games for people to enjoy, to consume. And mm -hmm. that's kind of what every video is about at some point, even if some are reviews on things. Yeah. And and in a way, when I when I look at everything, you're doing the podcast about games, you're doing the playthrough about games, and you're sometimes doing some other discussion about games. So obviously it's a passion of yours because that's why you create it. But does yeah. there ever get to a point where you're like, man, I'm so I'm sick of video games. <laughs> Or do something else. <laughs> uh, it, it it manifests in the fact of I lose interest in games that normally would l at least lightly interest me. Like there might be a game like, huh, I'm interested in that. Maybe I'll pick that up. Now it's like a game has to grip me and get me like like grab me hard and be like, you're gonna play this game whether you like it or not. And that's those are the type of games that I can only play now because if there's a game I'm like, yeah, that looks kind of cool. I'm not going to play it. I or I might play it for an hour, think it's neat, put it down and then never pick it up again because I have other things I got to do. So it's there are certain games like for example, um the last game I can really think that I really sat down and was like, "Yes, this is amazing." It was actually funny enough there was two games this year besides Crash and Spyro, of course, was um uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake and Ghost of Tsushima. Those were the two games that I was like, okay, I'm going to spend 
off hours when I'm not working dedicated to this game. Um, and uh, I did blitz through Assassin's Creed Valhalla, feeling very hollow at the end of it because I do enjoy Assassin's Creed, but um, those were like the three titles in like 2020 and 2021 that I really sat down and focused on. But it does definitely get tiresome. It does. It really does get tiresome. And I think the big thing that gets tiresome too is a lot of people when you go online, especially Twitter, uh, Twitter, Reddit, um, any social media, is when you see something that you're interested in and then you go to the comment sections of the post and it's just uh, nothing but complaining. And well, you literally about to go on to my next topic. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Segue into it. <laughs> Look at that. You, you already know. I mean, that was kind of my, my, my next point because, um, this is something I went to Crystal Fisher about and he kind of had a, an answer that was sort of not really PC, but maybe didn't really care. So this is something I see a lot. And, and I actually saw something today of a guy being like, man, I've been trolled. I'm sick of this. I'm leaving this. I never want to do this again. And, yeah. you know, in my mind, I get it. I get the, uh, the kind of the, the point. And, and we're going to have a topic a little bit later on in this, this podcast where we're talking about, you know, if we're too critical as gamers. And what this, this, that, that example that I just gave you is um, a lot of people um, kind of have this, this expectation or maybe they have this idea of kind of what they want and, and maybe analyze every single little thing. And maybe if it's, you know, being online too much. But for example, that situation I, I gave, he shouldn't stop because people are telling him to. And he shouldn't yeah. stop because uh, you know, the, the heat that it's getting. And that can come from comments. It can come from all kinds of things. And, right. you know, we can have this conversation all day long on, you know, picking apart the people that do these things. And part of it might be a jealousy thing. Part of it might be just a, you know, anybody can say whatever they want with a, a username and, and password. So, yeah. you know, from, from your perspective, do you ever get into that funk where you see comments that are six, seven? Uh, and I remember, I think he he gave the example, like you can have 20 good comments, but the 21 that's the horrible, you, you, you know, focus on that one comment. And Absolutely. I wanted to, I wanted to get what you thought about really how to deal with that, how to deal with the negativity. And if that gets to you personally, and if you're able to wash it off pretty quickly. So for me, um, depends on the comment and it depends on the day and it depends who it comes from. Um, if I know the person is trolling, like I know 100%, it doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't bug me when, but it can definitely get bothersome because there's like a group mentality sometimes where sometimes you'll see, um, what you'll see is that you'll, I'll make a community post and I'll have 20 positive comments and, one negative comment, but the negative comment is the most upvoted comment. And so yeah. thou hit the top of the comments and it might only have seven upvotes mm. and, but it's still like the top comment of all. And I see that. And that, that does bother me. It does. It does bother yeah. me at the end of the day because I try my best to be as, um, objective as possible. I'm naturally long winded and people accuse me of like, oh, you pat out your videos. It's like, no, I don't pat out oh, my videos. Man. That just, I'm naturally long winded, but not just that. I like having this mentality of if no one's ever visited my channel before, and this is the first video that they've ever seen by the end of the video, they will understand exactly yeah. what I'm talking about and everyone else will as well. So that means I have to do a little bit of background work to make sure that they're caught up. Even if it's just a quick, like 
sentence of saying, hey, do you remember when we talked about this in this video? If you want more details, go check out the video, but here's a quick summary of what I said. You need to know this information for this information because it all what, like binds together. So when people start blindly or they just look at the title of the video, that's it, they just look at the title mm. and they don't even watch it and they yeah. just make a comment. Mm. And that, that, it does bug me, it does bug me. But what I do is I try to, when that happens, I, the best thing I do is I just turn off my phone and I walk away. That's it. I turn yeah. off my phone. I don't look at the comments. I leave it alone. Mm. And the thing is, is that if I know that my idea or what I said was sound and it's fine, mm. um, I know that, um, I know it'll be okay. And the, here's a funny thing too. Trolls come at different times and I can almost tell you the timing of when trolls show up and the trolls show up after a game has been released for a month or two right. and i'm still talking about the game i'm still talking about it because i love it and i enjoy it and i think there's still details that should be discussed that's when the trolls come up and the trolls will show up saying oh you're scraping the bottom of the barrel oh you're uh you're padding your videos you're this you're that you're this you're that and they name all these different reasons i can almost promise you that and it came at its peak before the launch of Crash 4. Oh, man, I was getting so much hate. It was getting so much hate, so much hate. And then all of a sudden, I dropped the fact that I received a puzzle of Kapunawa from Activision, and all of a sudden, the hate went away. Hate's gone. It was just dissipated, like as if it right. didn't even exist. And people that were trolling me were now leaving positive comments. And it's like, it's kind of funny to see that. And I, so what I've learned from that is that it's going to come in waves. There's going to yeah. be time where it's going to be nothing but sheer positivity, where it's going to be nothing but people saying you're awesome, you're great, you're doing a great job, please keep making content, we love you. And then there's going to be troves of people telling you you suck, you're terrible, stop working, um, mm -hmm. give up, you know, just please stop showing up in my feed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I just know that, okay, when those times happen, you just got grit and bear it, know that, you still have your core supporters. I'm no, sorry. I just want to. I just want to stop there though. When, yeah, you, when sure. you said when you said the uh, stop showing up my feed, it's like, well, unsubscribe from me. Then exactly. <laughs> like, would you want me to do it for you? Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's like if you don't. There's even an option where even if you're not subscribed and I show up, you can literally click the three dots and say, I'm not interested in this content. Done. <laughs> it's like if uh, you're having so many problems doing that, then and I think it's because it stems from people that not just don't want you to not show up on your feed anymore, but they don't want you in their bubble of this fan base. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you hit it right, nail on the head there. And, and that's something I want to get into next because uh, mm -hmm. I see that a lot in some some places I have. And we see this idea of um, a particular group or particular individuals who maybe they've been in this hobby or whatever it may be that they like to do. Uh, that could be video games, be anything. For so long, they feel they almost have this kind of unspecified control over said game, said hobby, whatever right. it may be, and kind mm. of like to almost rule these rules that they've kind of come up with because they believe that they maybe are on this totem pole of of like social scale or whatever. And with that being said, they they want things to go a particular way, and thus they have strong opinions. And if people don't agree with those opinions or are on the same wavelength, it's well, you got to go. I think, well, mm -hmm. why, why are they going to go? Well, because they don't agree with us. Well, I'm pretty sure you get taught when you're you know, very young to have different opinions and, and that's okay. But it's like, well, yeah. no, that means he's horrible. And I think, where do you get off thinking that one, that's acceptable, and two, you are some ruler of a particular hobby? When you're not, you're just like everybody else. 
right, you know, exactly. he's no difference to me, different to you, different to anyone. And hmm. maybe it's, and you see it in all hobbies, you know, there's always a particular group, maybe ruin it for others because of the strong opinions. Elitists. Yeah, yeah, and and it's kind of narcissistic behavior of well, mm -hmm. we we and I think, but you know, in a nice possible way, who are you? You know, you're nobody just like we are. So you don't get to run people off. And of course, I said about that situation earlier about someone who you know was sort of asked to go and they did go. It's mm -hmm. that point of well, you know, actually, I understand the hate can and and negativity can get on top of you. It really can. And I've, and I've been there. And I think we've all been there. With, being like, nah, mm. no one wants it. But then I think there's always one person that goes, you know, I watch your every single video. I'll watch yeah. all the stuff. Don't go. I, I don't want really to listen to these, you know, people. Uh, and mm. I guess we look at it at music, we look at it at sport, we look at it at gaming, you know, if, if, and especially people in higher positions, if, you know, we all went when we had one bit of negativity, you know, there wouldn't be anything ever. <laughs> exactly. So much. So, you know, we get that, uh, we get that attitude a lot with a lot of different things. And, mm. you know, we see what you just mentioned about with, with your channel and, and all these kind of ones. It's something where maybe you're more involved in said hobby than you actually realize. And maybe it's unhealthy. Mm. Thus, you should take a step back and kind of reanalyze everything. And yeah. maybe you are just not a smart, you know, uh, journalist or smart this, smart that. You're just someone who's very deeply involved in said hobby and that's not a bad thing but it, mm. it kind of makes you a little bit toxic because you may be a bit too far in you know trying to blur that that sign between uh the, 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 the whatever the hobby is the game and just general politics within you know your social yeah. circles so mm. just relax and don't act like you are you know mr number one because everybody you know is in the same boat absolutely it's it, it, it's my opinions are not more valid than another mm. my even though i have a platform i have a platform as like you mentioned we have 64,000 subscribers my opinion is equivalent to someone who's got three it's the same weight now it does it mean it just the only difference is that more people see my opinion that's the only difference in terms but in terms of weight of opinion and importance of opinion it doesn't matter you could have zero subscribers versus 64, 1 million, the weight is still the same because all we are at the end of the day is, like, I, I call myself as a joke, an armchair developer, where yeah. there's some of these, that's what some of these people are. They just, they scream, oh, you need to have this mechanic and you need this, you need to do this. It's like, no, no, they don't. Because you have to think too, these games are being developed by hundreds of people with all creative visions and they're pouring their heart and soul into these projects, these products, and they want something that stands the test of time, but they also want something that they can say is theirs. It is theirs. Mm. And yes, you got Crash Bandicoot. And they're not going off the handlebars by turning around and saying, hey, we're going to make Crash a unicorn and now it's an open world explorative game. No, mm. they're not. They're not doing that. They're sticking to the roots of Crash and they know what their audience wants, but they're adding on to it. And there's a lot of arguing, man. It's some of the arguing that some people have online is really fun. It's, it, it makes me laugh. It actually makes me laugh because they turn around and they say the developers don't know, don't listen. They don't listen. They don't listen. They don't listen. Mm. When you would be shocked that they very much, they do listen, but yeah. they have to balance. But it's a matter of balance. It's a matter of, okay, what is the director saying? What is the creative vision saying? What's the producer saying? Yeah, what are yeah. the fans saying? And you have to balance <clears throat> everything to make sure that everything is in sync. Cause if you, it's not easy to have it all in sync. If you just listen strictly to the fans, Sometimes it's not great because what will happen is that it will cater to only fans who are diehard yeah, yeah. die fans 
and nothing to bring people in. I remember when um, uh, Crash 4 announced that there was uh, they were eliminating the uh, uh, that you had two options for lives. You had the unlimited lives, just modern mode and retro mode, right? And I remember that there was a group of people that were actually angry that they even have enabled the uh, modern mode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And I, and I was curious. I was like, why? And they said, oh, because then people are just going to go with that and they're going to get through the game. And it's like, what's the problem? Why is their experience impacting yours? Hmm. And I think that a lot of people feel like they want to be. And this is a big theory that I've had with Crash 4 because when Crash 4 was coming up and being released, everyone was raving about it. But then when it came out, about a month later, a lot of the people, a lot of people started saying, oh, well, it's too hard. It's too this, it's too that, it's bad because of XYZ. And is it the hardest Crash game? Yeah, I do think so. But I think a lot of people have their egos bruised because, you know, Crash Bandicoot was always saying, oh, yeah, the Dark Souls of platforming. And then when people turn around and say, yeah, I speedrun Crash Bandicoot or, oh, I... You know, I can 100% crash Bandicoot in an hour, et cetera, et cetera. They have all these yeah. skill traits, and then they encounter Crash 4, and Crash 4, you know, literally destroys them, and they can't be as skillful as they were with the originals. That pride that you were mentioning, that my opinion is stronger, hear me roar, is now smacking them back in the face, and they're back to being a kid yeah, yeah, playing yeah. the game on the PlayStation 1 again, right? Well, and again, this kind of leads to my... Have you, have you got a copy of my notes? Because you, you seem to always know what the next thing is. <laughs> <laughs> well, with with what we're talking about, and this is going to go into you know, one of the Nintendo directs we're going to go into a few moments. Uh, but before we do that, as we're talking about all of those opinions, are we too critical as gamers now? Uh, I I think so. I think that some people are. I think we are too critical overall. I think that gamers now know more than we did when we were kids. When we were kids, mm. we just got a game and we enjoyed it. That was it. There was no it. There was no, I wouldn't want to say options because of course there's a lot of options, but back when we were kids and back when we were younger and gaming was still a new thing. Like I still remember seeing that article saying that the, the NES was just a fad and was going to die. And little did we know it was one of the sparks to the home console uh, industry and video game industry just exploded from there. So to we back then we just got a game that our parents got us and that was it. It didn't matter if the game was bad or not. It didn't matter if the game didn't function or it didn't matter if the music was garbage. It didn't matter if they reused assets. We didn't care. It was just a, it's a video game period. Right. Mm. Yeah. And as we grow older and as we've grown more experienced and the art has, it's video games are starting to turn into more of an art form now as well. Yeah. We're getting a lot of games that are, definitely more uh i would say artistic pieces than they yeah. are games they're more of uh especially a lot especially in the indie space and in the in, um you know we're getting a lot of artistic games that are not necessarily difficult but they're just very just um it's very story driven to the point where you almost don't need any mechanics to play the game it's just a story and that that's something that we've gotten into and I feel that gamers nowadays in general have become very, very opinionated and very much to the point where they feel like, uh, like I said, an armchair developer. They feel like, hey, I've played so many games. I now know what I'm talking about. And yeah. the first, the, in my opinion, 
when you start talking about video games, and I literally mean any video game, whether it be anything from uh, Barbie's uh, doll dress up to World of Warcraft, when if you are not a developer in the field, if you are not in the field developing games, the first rule of commenting on games is you know nothing. Mm-hmm. You you know zero. You don't know uh, yeah, yeah. what it's like to deal with you know managers. You don't know what it's like to deal with being in a gaming studio. You don't know what it's like to have to pick up a project that you're not passionate about because it pays the bills for the studio to stay open. Absolutely, yeah. Right, and so- that's that's something that that we see a lot now. With uh, I know it happened with one of the Spyro games, and you know, imagine having to deal with one side, the fans saying, "This is what we want." And almost the the game developers or the creators, you know, saying, yeah, I agree with you. And I'm going to take that to this. And Mm -hmm. then you're higher up saying, no, I don't want that. I want this. Give me this. And then you have to juggle between, do I do what I feel is right or do I do what I should do? So I'm going to do what I have to do because it's what I'm asked to do. And then it Mm -hmm. gets churned into the system and spews out and it may be crap. And then it's kind of, you get shit for producing a game that people don't like. And then you get crap for not selling well. And then it's, well, I'm doing what you did, but I should have done what yeah. they did. But I didn't have a choice because you told me to. And then you're, you're in that. That must be a difficult mindset to be in because you're exactly you're almost not praised for the good things. You know, shit on for the bad things. Mm-hmm. Handcuffed because you're in this weird circle. And, and I, I hear this a lot with a lot of the, of course, anime being the big thing now. And mm. it's the same with anime creators, you know there being such a huge industry now and the yeah. people making those those animations are still getting you know pedants for for paying things and i always mm. know how you can tell when when something like that's going to be like that whenever you hear on any job role where it's this is the dream job it ain't, <laughs> it, it ain't the dream job yeah run, no. run as far away from it as hell because that means it's an excuse to not pay you what you should be because mm-hmm. that's the sort of excuse for it but being in that mindset where mm-hmm. you can't really please anyone. It must be very, very difficult. Oh, absolutely. And that's where I feel like that's where a lot of these developers are stuck in. And this is where I feel like people that are armchair developers, people that turn around and say, hey, I have this idea, do this idea, just do it. It's like, well, you, you can't just do it. Like I remember with CTR, one of the problems with CTR was the hitboxes, right? Hitboxes was a problem. Uh, and I remember that there were people complaining about the hitboxes and it was specifically for online play. People were saying, just fix the hitboxes. And there was, um, I think there was actually a Beanox developer in one of the servers who actually was explaining it to people saying, that is the best we can do because that's how the engine works. The yeah. engine that we made this game on works like this for online play before XYZ. And you can't just fix it because then that would mean you have to recreate everything in a brand new engine. Everything would be, have to be reprogrammed. It would take a year and a half just to reprogram the game to work from one engine to another and then bug fix it. And that mm. it takes a, it, that's not an easy task. That requires budget. That requires money. That requires time. That requires effort. The All the focus that you put on to putting everything on a new engine is now taking time away from other projects that are going to get delayed down the pipeline because people are focusing on this now. And then the higher ups turn around and say, Hey, and they ask the question, does fixing this engine, will it make us more money? If the answer is Mm. no, it's like, then why would we do it? Is it going to sell us more copies? And it's like, no, no, it's not. If it's not going to, 
why would we spend all this time and money and effort for catering to the 1% of the fan base? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Recently, in uh, February, we had the Nintendo Direct of uh, 2021, first of the year. Oh, boy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into it. So uh, many, many releases we had on it. We had Splatoon mm. 3. We had Zelda Skyward Sword, going to be redone. Mario Golf. Uh, Metopia, which, you know, I'm, I'm quite excited for. Fall Guys coming on there. The Outer Wilds. I said Outer Wilds, not Worlds. Uh, Plants vs. Zombie Legend of Mana. What did we uh, What did we think about that, Aaron? Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down? Uh, okay, so it, it depends on your point of view on this. So right. if this was a regular Nintendo Direct, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Mm -hmm. The problem is that this is the first Nintendo Direct in over a year. Yeah, this uh, this was one of like, man, when you see a Nintendo Direct after a year of nothing of the mini directs and the indies and stuff, but almost nothing for an entire year. I think that when you come back, you got to come back with a banger and come back. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't mean no and no indies or anything. No, 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 not that at all. But like you got to come back and you got to come back hard and you got to come back and hit as hard as you can or or. Uh, boil it down to the biggest hits and keep it short and sweet, kind of like which will, like you said, we'll be talking about the Pokemon Direct a little bit. Yeah, which I really liked. You oh, know, yeah. e either keep it short and sweet, or like, hey, fifteen minute direct, and it's Splatoon three, Skyward Sword, and it's like boom, 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 boom. That's it, and say, okay, we have more coming in the year, but for now, to just concentrate it to those high moments and make it a banger of a direct. Yeah, and I think yeah. that that was that was the problem. So if this was a regular direct where it, let's say it's we're back, we rewind back to 2018, 2019, where every few months we get a direct and we saw that I would have been. Yeah, yeah it was a decent direct. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. But uh, it was but because it came out, it just it like imagine so an employee coming back from being away for who knows how long everyone cheers to see them come back and they just punch in and they just punch out and that's it. They just did the minimum and said, OK, we're done. It's kind of like, what? You, you you just came back. You're supposed to be this big, epic thing, and now it's just kind of, eh. So eh. what I was what I was thinking about when he was saying that, you know, and because and we're going to talk about it in a moment, uh, do you think maybe that because the Pokemon stuff was going to be the anniversary, that that was meant to be wrapped up in it, and it wasn't because it, it tends to always do its own thing now with its own mm. uh, presentations, and if that yeah. would have been wrapped up, it would have been, and actually they, they did their uh, something separate, which was supposed to well it was going to do its own thing since you know 25 years but mm -hmm. even with that being said was there anything that you were expecting on that stream that you didn't get <sighs> i was expecting i was expecting a little something for breath of the wild 2 just not even uh, yeah, yeah not even gameplay not gameplay just even a developer update just like uh, cuz i remember uh, ea actually did this and i can't believe i'm quoting ea because it just like man, sometimes I talk about EA and I get shivers up my spine. But they did they did do something right. Um, they didn't have any trailers for Dragon Age Four, but what yeah. they did, they were like, "Hey, we have nothing. We don't have a trailer. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about Dragon Age Four, and we're gonna show you some prototype footage that we have, some mechanics that we we have, some quick snippets, just to get something turning." And, you know, we saw people in the, you know, we saw these big landscape shots, concept art. Um, uh, we saw uh, people testing things in the engine. You see, you saw like a, a guy in the gray space and with the grids and you see him putting up his shield and you see the person animating and adjusting the 
what, how the person shielding looks and stuff. And it's just like these really quick cuts and the developers working on the game and all these little prototype stuff. I liked that. I was like, okay, no, it's not a trailer, but it's like giving you the, the tiniest sneak peek into the development of the game just to show like, hey, you can see all of this work that we're working on and it's amazing. And I think if they would have done something similar for Breath of the Wild, showing prototype sneak peeks and little things here and there, I think that would have been really, really nice. Any of the uh, games that I read out, anything that uh, takes your fancy? I mean, I'm quite quite excited about Miitopia. You know, you and me, Aaron, we can create our own little me's and fight each other. <laughs> Honestly, it looks cute. It does. That game does look cool. I might uh, pick up Splatoon three because I did miss out on Splatoon two. Yeah. Um, but I think Splatoon three, I will. I'll be eyeing because I think that that's going to be a game that's. Uh, if the Switch Pro ever comes out, ever that that rumored that's been going around. Um, if that ever comes out, I think that's going to run really nicely with that. Of course, Skyward Sword is obviously the big selling point of, of that direct there, and uh, mm, yeah. remaking those, and so that kind of kind of nice uh, open world thing, which uh, I think kind of is is the thing at the moment with Breath of the Wild and the way that they um, maybe go through all of them and remake each each particular one. Before we move on to the uh, the Pokemon stuff, I was going to ask you what your favorite uh, Zelda game is, and if you say Ocarina of Time, Aaron, I'm going to end this interview right now. <laughs> um, I, I have two, and yes, the one is Ocarina of Time, <sighs> but the other one that I like, and a lot of people always like raise an eyebrow, like, huh, that one was Twilight Princess. Yeah, not a lot of people say that. That's, uh, well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's, uh, a lot of people say they like Twilight Princess, but they're not saying, like, oh, yeah, that's my favorite. I mm. really enjoyed Twilight Princess. For some reason, that was a game that just really... It really resonated with me, maybe because it was one of the first games I got on my Wii, and it just yeah. it just stuck into the nostalgia gear and just stayed there. Um, mm. I just I I like I love the music, I love the feel of it. The story is really interesting. It it goes from really happy and nice, and it's got really dark elements. Like really, it goes some some of the darkest in the franchise, especially with some of the boss fights and stuff. It gets real dark, and then it comes yeah. back again. And I I very much enjoy Twilight Princess. So we have the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. A lot of stuff that's been uh, churned out of that machine. Video games, Pokemon cards, the series, the manga, the anime, all that kind of stuff. And uh, mm -hmm. this is something we've got some real good announcements on uh, on that stuff. And before we get into the games, you know, uh, before I, I came onto my radar about the, the announcement, um, the thing that baffled my mind like crazy was uh, on the YouTube channel, the Pokemon YouTube channel, it said, we're going to give you a virtual performance. It's Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> And it's Post Malone. And I thought, wait, uh, wait, what? <laughs> and then I thought, how the hell does that, what jabroni in Pokemon HQ said, let's get Post Malone to do a Pokemon. <laughs> that's oh. the kind of thing that somebody goes, oh, yeah, that's funny. That's a good one, Jerry. And it's like, no, I'm being serious. <laughs> and I think, yeah, let's do it. How, just why? I mean, you've got someone who is obviously rated a 18 plus, talk about bitches and, and other things. With, mm -hmm. with the Pokemon game, which is, you know, aimed at children. Uh, what a bizarre, bizarre... Uh, maybe you weren't available to sing out. Maybe that's why they went Post maybe, Malone. Maybe I was busy that day. No, I, when I found out it was Post Malone, um, uh, <laughs> oh, man, I was like, what? But literally, what, what the funny about this was that I literally verbally, in by myself, in my office, with nobody in here, was like, excuse me? What? And then literally not 32 seconds later, I get a DM from Twitter and it's Shemp, my co-host on Wumpa Time. And he literally hits the link post below and in capital letters, what? With question mark. 
<laughs> we were just, we were like, why? How? And the worst part is that I saw snippets. I didn't watch it, but I saw some snippets of it. And some of the Pokemon, some of the shots look beautiful. It, and... it's, it's crazy. You know, I'm, I'm bringing it back up on my, on my computer here. They've done it in a, um, in a, a really nice animated way. He's, yeah. he's basically under the sea singing with like Clefairies and in this bubble. It's uh, a song called Only Want to Be With You. Uh, it's it's like a chill kind of song, but it's just like, why did you get him to do it? You know what I mean? It's very strange, especially when you even in the animated, you know, uh, yeah, one he's got he's got, you know, the, the piercings, the tattoos, the gold teeth. And I just thinking to myself, well, they're having against Post Malone, by the way, I just thought. Can you yeah. imagine if you're a kid? Oh, I like Post Malone. Mommy, show me his videos. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that kid. Uh, possibly not the uh, problem. But no, it's a, if, if anyone checks it out, it's a really good CGI um, mm-hmm. concert on YouTube. It's really, really cool and uh, things like that. But let's go on to the games. So yes. we have the, uh, well, three different things. So we have the, the remake of Pokemon Snap, which uh, I played mm-hmm. when I was on the Nintendo 64. That's going to be a really cool thing to especially do it in the... Uh, online world now we've got the open world of the pokemon legends uh I don't know if you say yes. arceus or arceus other way you say it and the remake of diamond and pearl the uh, old ones from the the old uh game boy advance and ds mm-hmm. days which were really really cool now i mean one of the things that i found interesting and this links into our sort of you know game of being critical l- as soon as that got announced the legends of arceus there was a a um a video up on, on YouTube. I don't know. It came up in my recommended. It was these, <laughs> these guys just talking about the game. Yeah. And they were like, oh, my God, all it is is just you throwing around Pokeballs. It, it's it's much to be uh, desired. And I think, hang on a minute. It's not even been released. How can you crap <laughs> on it? You can't crap on it. It's not out yet. And I was like, what? Um, I, uh, it's, it's something I find hilarious is I find some Pokemon fans, some, they hate everything Pokemon ever does, but they buy it all. <laughs> Exactly, and I think well, you're not exactly uh, you know serving them right with your money, are you? By by doing so, but I found that funny because I think how can you crap on something that hasn't even been out yet? You know what I mean? Like give it some bleeding time and relax. So uh, the, uh, the the legends things obviously got that whole thing with the sword and shield, kind of mixing a little bit with the old Zelda thing. I think that's going to be a, a cool thing. They'll probably integrate with sort of online. So those kind of three games. Uh, you know, what, what's your opinion? What do you think on that? Uh, love every single one. I think that the Pokemon presentation was better than the PlayStation State of Play. I think it was better than um, the Nintendo Direct. I think Pokemon did it right. Um, they were like, hey, short and sweet. We've got three projects, three big projects, Pokemon Snap, uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, and then Pokemon Legends. That's it. Thank you so much. Have a good day. That's it. And it's like, you know, mm. you, you, hit, you hit the iron when it's hot, and then you don't hold. You're like, okay, there you go. Peak excitement. Thank you so much. See you later. And then everyone's left running around like chickens with their head cuts off. And um, I played a massive amount of Diamond and Pearl when I was a kid. I think it's the Pokemon I've invested the most hours into. I love Diamond and Pearl. Uh, I think it's awesome to see the way that they're remaking it, the way that they're keeping true to to the original, but like also just giving it that graphical update. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think uh, Pokemon Snap looks awfully good like it's stupid good it's like it's like the best looking pokemon game i've ever seen <laughs> yeah, yeah it's pretty good yeah and then uh pokemon legends i'm very very interested about and it's funny like you said that people were you know crapping all over the game the game's coming out in 2022 and we're on month two of 2021 yeah 
<laughs> uh, that's my point. I think how about maybe say in a year if if you're that uh, that bothered by it. But really, uh, I don't know if you I don't know if you checked the, uh, the the video they did. They did like a little brief history of the whole of Pokemon for 25 years. Uh, it's a really cool like Japanese thing they've done where they've they went to the first game and then the cards and the first a- a- anime episode. And it kind of goes through the yeah. years on um, even like. Uh, Japanese things that North America or Europe didn't even get with like these yeah. weird like action cameras on the Game Boys uh, yeah. and this weird VR things from like early 2000s which was way before it and I was like man I didn't even get that I didn't know that even existed so there are a lot of things that even when they were going through like what next product came out and mm. those weird things where you could like match it to your TV and it was like a weird camera for the Nintendo 64 and I was like Jesus Christ like that was way before you know, even anything we based like that came out. So yeah. um, even I was like, man, we didn't got any of that. But when it comes to that kind of stuff, Japanese always get some cool stuff. Yeah, there was a few things in there that I didn't even know. Like the one thing I didn't know, which I, I laughed, but I was like, that's also amazing. Is Did you see the they had the Game Boy Advance and they were plugging it into a cell phone? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was that's how they did their uh, their cellular play or the online yeah, play. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I it didn't even like know. Crazy. that. Yeah. <laughs> they had all the, especially with the, when we used to have the link cables, of course, it'd be to trade, but they could yeah. do so much with like hooking it up to your like old TV. And I thought, my goodness, I'd have never seen any of that. But with, with all those products we're, we're talking about, what do you attribute to Pokemon's kind of longevity in a way? Because I feel like as a person that always played the video games and, and, and watched the TV show, I feel like it was always for a particular audience. And then mm. as soon as Pokemon Go came out, it blew the whole damn thing open to yeah. everything. You know, I, I have people playing it where I say, oh, do you play Pokemon? Well, just Pokemon Go. And then I'll be like, oh, do you play the video games? They say no. Um, mm-hmm. And I always found it funny with the, like the really, you know, uh, elitist people who'd be like, oh, I play Pokemon Go. And I'm like, would well, you play the video games? No. Well, we're not really a Pokemon <laughs> fan. Uh, you're not really a Pokemon fan. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter when. Oh, get out of here. But I feel like that blew it up and then maybe sort of retained some fans and almost kind of maybe revived it a little bit with then coming up with the the Switch stuff. Do you kind of maybe agree in the sense that that mobile game revived the whole series? So, uh, yes, um, I do think that um, the mobile game brought... I think Pokemon changed their point of view on who their audience was. Um, I think Pokemon started to get very bleak during the um uh black and white that's when yeah i, I agree with that po- yeah yeah pokemon hit its lowest point because the game that came out black and white first off the pokemon selection was not good but not just that the story wasn't great a lot of people didn't enjoy black and white uh as a whole and if someone who's listening enjoyed black and white that's okay perfectly yeah uh, it would be it would be the colors and then the next year it'd be like a second version of it so black and white yeah too. Or, yeah, and then and yeah, then they doubled down and went with it black. It would always double too. each time, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that that I think that really, really just emphasized on where they failed. It was like this is not working. Um, nobody really, from what I've talked to, a lot of people were either meh towards black and white or they didn't like it. Yeah. And I feel like Pokemon this and Pokemon was still at two D at this point, even though the DS did have. 3d capabilities it did the ds was more i think people underestimated the power of the ds there were some games that came out for the ds that were just beautiful um and one of the ones that still amazed me it's really funny to say but uh, do you ever play mario hoops three on three yeah that sounds that sounds familiar yeah, yeah yeah on the ds the it was full 3d graphics full 3d graphics yeah. and ran at perfectly 30 frames per second 
and a lot of games closer to the end of the DS cycle started to go full 3D, and Pokemon was still with the 2D sprites, and it was still the same Pokemon game. It was the same thing, same thing, same thing, and it was like it, people stopped playing it, and I do think that people really just stopped playing because it just wasn't appealing to them anymore, and it started to die. So after Black and White and Black and White 2, I think the initial comeback initially was and it's around the same time as when pokemon x and y came out because mm -hmm. x and y was the first 3d portable yeah. pokemon game and then around the same time if my memory serves correct it was like a year or two later uh pokemon go came out so yeah around that time yeah so you have this first handheld 3d pokemon game that focused more on quality x and y and then you got pokemon go then that's when pokemon i think realized our target audience needs to be able for kids to be able to play, but our target audience needs to be adults. Hence why Post Malone. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but if you look at, uh, I think a really good example of that is not just Pokemon Go, but look at Detective Pikachu. They brought Absolutely. Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, they brought Ryan Reynolds, the Merc with a Mouth from Deadpool, someone that nobody would have thought would ever play Pikachu ever. And yeah. they knew, they knew if we make it Ryan Reynolds, we're, I mean, it's Pikachu. We're going to attract the kids. We don't need to get a celebrity star that the kids know. We just need to show Pikachu. Pikachu could be voiced by a bum in the alley and they'll watch it. Yeah. But if they made it Pikachu with Ryan Reynolds, now you're picking up on the adult crowd as well. And that's where I think Pokemon recently has really figured out. We know who our audience is. Yes. Kids play it. But just as number equal of kids playing it, there's a number of 25 to 30 year olds playing it as well. And that's where they started to shift their marketing and adjust to. And I think that that is where it took off again. It's interesting, the movie part we talk about, because um, I feel like there's always, like, especially with games or TV or any sort of music thing, there's always like that weird 30 year old turnaround of like yeah. the, the people who played or did things with with characters when they're kids when they get older it follows them through so yeah. when the movie stuff comes out i felt like we're going to be seeing a lot more video game type movies now because our generation the older ones were the ones that played all those original games so exactly. we saw the detective pikachu which i didn't see in the cinema i was going to tell you uh, i did go to that and mm -hmm. uh the, the sonic game which is obviously the sonic movie sorry that's that's coming out on the um that came out as well on on the cinema there yeah. is supposedly going to be a super mario brothers movie yeah, That's there is. It's being developed by Illumination, the studio behind Minions. However, um, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying to be positive about this, man. <laughs> it's it's the, the the one they did ages ago was terrible. That was <laughs> so it's, it's like that, it's more of a fever dream than a Mario. Movie. So it, it it kind of needs to be redone. Of course, when you hear the Minions, you're like, eh, so I don't know, yeah. but uh please don't fuck it up please <laughs> so that that's kind of going to be i think the next thing and the next thing and the next thing yeah uh, and it, i i it, it follows you you know through your life i remember going and seeing um pokemon the millennium movie 2000 oh, uh, yeah, went, with my, went with my mum, and uh, i remember she came out of there she was like i don't have a bloody clue what the hell was going on in that but i fell asleep through the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> and, you were hyped, uh, but your mom was like, oh, <laughs> no. She she was she was not impressed at all. I think it was around Christmas time. I think when it came out. So uh, all these years later, when I saw it on my own, I was like, "Mom, you don't have to come with me this time." Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you might. They, hey, she'd probably enjoy it though. You know, a bit more of a lie that. I mean, she'd probably fall asleep again. But bless yeah. her. Anyway, 
with uh, with that as well, um, th- these are the kind of games that will be sort of coming their way. And and when we talk about the directs and we talk about um, a lot of the stuff as well, one thing to sort of throw to you, which we throw to Crystal Fisher as well, is the topic of Spyro. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get right to it. Do we do we see a Spyro four in the future? I think so, hundred percent. I think so because it's kind of like the last little thread that everybody's hanging on to and they're like give it to me give it to me give it to me oh, absolutely especially recently too because um it's kind of funny because even though um youtube has a weird thing where if um something pops up in the news um they'll push videos that are related to that news bit so for example when crash 4 uh, was announced people you know it, youtube would start pushing sh- uh, crash 4 content out for people so that people would watch it and then when it stops youtube will algorithm will actually start to settle down a little bit but even though crash 4 has been like the the newest game when i drop a spyro video people are so ravenous for spyro it's just like even though there's absolutely no push on youtube side whatsoever in terms of like promotions and such because there's no trailer for new games people i st- my spyro videos will still top out my crash 4 videos recently easily because we we've been starved from Spyro because if you think about it, we had Spyro reignited then we had CTR and yeah. then next year we had Crash 4 and then we're also getting Crash on the Run which is the mobile game that's about to come yeah, out yeah. so it's like man it's like it's been a lot of Crash and people love Crash but then people are like but what about Spyro yeah and that's what's been getting people hyped would you say what's more what's more your your sort of go-to game what's like your favorite one would you say Spyro or would you say Crash I'd say Spyro. Because Spyro is more, right? Yeah, and and I'll explain why. It's simply because Crash is you need to sit down, you need to focus, and you need to, you know, you get a rush of adrenaline, right? And that's that's where I'm like, I I feel hyper, I feel ready to go, I want to challenge, I want to go play Crash. But when I'm, like, kind of tired at the end of the day, and I'm exhausted, and I just want to relax, and I just want to unwind, just pop in Spyro Reignited, go to Dark Hollow, and just run around, and just enjoy myself well one of the things that you do on your channel and at the moment recently is of course a lot of the playthroughs through the um crash bandicoot is about time the one that's yeah. uh, come up from 2020 and uh, usually um because i'm a little sneak on this podcast i always find an opportunity to sneak a good old quiz so All right. Aaron, i'm gonna give you a crash quiz that i've Uh-oh. done especially for myself so I'm going to get right to it. We have a few questions, but I'm going to have to dodge some because a lot of them are, what does this picture show? I can't really show you that because I can't, you can't see it. So uh, we're going to hit on it right now. The history of Crash Bandicoot. Aaron is the player. Let's see what he gets. Uh-oh. Three is a multiple choice, so I'll give you the answer as well rather than doing it. So question number one, what is the what is the name of Crash's sister? We have Calamity, Cami, or Coco. Coco. Correct. Calamity uh, Ganon. <laughs> <laughs> The levels where you ride a little animal are one of the franchise's trademarks. But what animal does Crash ride in the first Crash Bandicoot game? Is it a coyote, a cheetah, or a warthog? Warthog. That's also correct. Another Crash staple are the levels where you have to run into the screen away from something. But what did he run away from in Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back? Is it a massive snowman, a polar bear, or a giant penguin? It would be a polar bear. Correct. What words? See, I can't show you that now because it's a picture. Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> see, they do like what? What? Well, I don't know if you. I'll, I'll try and see if you can do it. So it's basically what word have we obscured from this crate? And it's basically a green crate, and it's either nitro, TNT, or C4. 
Or it'd be uh, if it's a green crate, it'd be nitro. See, look at that. You can do it without. Uh, without doing it. <laughs> I'm going to give you uh, the. It's more of like a little picture round. So I'm going to in our little chat that we have, a little secret chat. I'm going to post a picture in there, and oh. you have to tell me. So who is this guy? Not seen it yet. Yes, because it didn't work. Never mind. Let's, uh, let's try <laughs> We're having technical difficulties on this podcast. This hasn't happened before, but uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm getting there. Let's try again. There we go. Uh, who is that guy? That's Aku Aku. Aku Aku. Well, we had uh, Kau Kau Aku Aku or Uka Uka. So that's <laughs> one. What is the name of this multiplayer spinoff? So again, I will give you the uh, the picture. Mm-hmm. And it made you download the file. Jesus Christ, I'm doing terrible at this. Let me try again. <laughs> okay, I can tell. I can tell you though by the uh, by just the file name. That's Crash Bash. See Bash. He knows it. He knows it. Right. Let's try and get <laughs> off the pitch around because the pitch around failed. Never mind. Um, oh, I don't want another pitch around. Screw that. I'm not doing that. Um, which of these is not a real Crash Bandicoot racing game? Crash Nitro Kart, Crash Team Racing, or Crash Kart Double Dash? So this crash which, kart, one, which one isn't is Crash Kart Double Dash. Correct. Which studio developed the first three Crash Bandicoot games? Neversoft, Traveler's Tales, or Naughty Dog? Naughty Dog. Correct. Crash Bandicoot made a cameo in which of these big PlayStation 4 titles? The Last of Us Part 2, Uncharted 4, or Marvel's Spider-Man? Uh, technically, there's two answers here. Oh, Two, it? yeah, Uncharted and uh, The Last of Us. There is a in The Last of Us. There is a Easter egg where um, it's a it, it's very uh, inappropriate. It's a um, a title of a triple X film that is oh. uh, called yeah. It's called uh, I'm just gonna say the first three words. You can finish out. It's called Smash Brandies. Yeah. Are you trying to tell us the kind of uh, entertainment you like to watch in the evenings? Nope. <laughs> nope. Well, the, I got the answer is Uncharted 4 because I played that, but uh, you, you've just basically tried to outsmart me in this quiz now. So, uh, hey. <laughs> I was about to show, I was about to send you a picture of the next question, but I realized that the file's got the answer in it. So I just effed that up as well. So, <laughs> and that's the end of the quiz because I give up because I've had enough. So we'll move straight <laughs> off that. Uh, what I want to get into next mm. is um, a lot of the. Um, sort of Crash Bandicoot Spyro stuff is is sort of the basis of what they're. And we went through when I went through your channel, we checked out some other things, um, mm. some sort of different things you dabble into where you have kind of what comes up as like the the, the phase games that are up at the time. So Among Us, of course, was was something that was around, and mm. then um, you know when the the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater thing was doing its thing, Crash Team Racing, Four Guys, mm. all these kind of ones, um, uh, and also Paper Mario, which I'm a big fan of. I love uh, Paper Mario mm. as well. How does that go for you in terms of you having to cover the latest game? Because, of course, you've got the differences of, of it being on different platforms. So yeah. what do you do then? Do you have to grab the game and then play through it? And then what if it's on a console that you don't have? Or are you going to be that guy that tells me, well, I have every console? Well, I am going to be that guy. That's oh, a God. <laughs> <laughs> I have the Switch. I have the PS5. I have the Series X. I got – uh, yeah, I got uh, the – PS4 Pro. So screw that question. And so the main thing then is, is when you then have right. Okay, so let's take you know Crash Team Racing. Crash Team Racing is coming out. Are you the guy to go to the store or order it as it comes out and then uh, play it through and then record it? Is that kind of the process for you when a new game comes out? 
So uh, when it, it's a new game that um, I don't have access early access to, it's um, I usually what I will do is I uh, there is a little sneaky trick that it's a little little sneaky trick that allows me to get about a 13 hour head start. And anybody can do this. And this is a tip for anyone. So what you do is that whether you're uh, I did this on PlayStation. I don't know how it's going to work on Xbox, but if you do this, you can do this on PlayStation. So what you do is that you go on your PlayStation and you create an account in Australia, Australian based. Ah, and what you do. So what you do is, oh, yeah, I live in Australia, um, but you don't put you don't give them a credit card because they're going to link it right to where you live. So you just create um, all you do is you just create a that you live in Australia. I made my address on my one account out of McDonald's. It doesn't matter. So interesting. You make it there. And then what you do is that you have to go through a third party and you have to get, you know how PlayStation has the PlayStation points uh, or the, yeah. PlayStation, the PlayStation cash. You can order PlayStation cash in the currency of whatever currency you want. It's just a little extra bit, a little bit more money. It might be like an extra $6. Um, but you, I got, you get the Australian funds and you put it, you, you get the code, you punch it in and you download the game and then you switch over to your, it downloads to your console and then you switch over to your regular account and the game's already downloaded on your regular account because it's on the same console. Yeah. So if I, if it's a game that I need to cover and want to cover and I can't get access to it, I will do that to give me a 12, 13 hour head start. And what I'll do is that I usually like to play an hour or two just to get a feel of the game so I can get to know the game's mechanics so that when I record, I don't look like a bumbling idiot. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll play it just for an hour or two. Then I'll stop, I'll reset and I'll start recording and then I'll record the gameplay. And so that at least through the, the first set of levels, I'll know what I'm doing. I'll look like I have some semblance of an idea of how the game works so that the footage looks good because one of the main complaints when CTR came out or when there was a, the press were reviewing CTR and they were playing the games, the gameplay footage that was coming out was awful. Like nobody was uh, drifting. Nobody was doing the proper mechanics. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why my channel actually started to grow was because I was one of the only people on the entire, uh, when PAX East happened, I practiced CTR for like weeks. And then I went to PAX knowing that I was going to play it early. And when I recorded I did pretty good. I did pretty good. And I did better than all the other journalists. All the journalists were getting seventh, eighth, you know, I saw fifth in there, but right. my footage was the only one that said first place. I think I got first, second, first, and I think I got fourth on one because it was a track I never played before. But yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, that's the process usually. Well, the question you said about when you do the, the thing with the Australia, so would they, will they let you send it to America from Australia? Through the um, system that you do, because surely yeah, they'll have yeah, picked it, that up as like, well, we send it, it to Australia, uh, America. I don't know why, but it works. It, I mean, they're, they're, they might. They <laughs> might. Not anymore know. now that you've announced that. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Hit the button. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I did it. I've done it three times now, and I nothing's been considered as bad. Yeah, so I, I, mean, I see a point. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it if you're doing it the way that it should yeah, be done. So. I'm, I'm not breaking embargo. Because embargo opens before um, Australia uh, gets it. So, for example, um, embargo for Crash 4 was open the day before. Because some people, they, they ship the game, they get the game a day early, right? Mm. So they only freak out if you get the game like three weeks early and you start to show gameplay. That's when they freak out. But if you get the game a day or two early, they're not going right. to take your channel down because sure. it's, 
embargo has been opened. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. One of the uh, one of the things you do, as well as uh, a lot of other things that we'll obviously promote towards the end of the channel, is the uh, towards the, end of the podcast. Let's say is the Wampa Time podcast, which yes. is also mentioned on uh, SoundCloud, all those kind of things as well. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you sort of differentiate your podcast from your from your sort of uh, your, your, your live streaming and your YouTube channel? Because of course you're going to be talking about a lot of games within videos but how do you oh, yeah. make that different from the podcast because surely someone's gonna say well you're gonna be talking about those kind of things in the videos anyway yeah so uh what we do on wampa times that we specifically go for more generalized news but a lot of the times people like to listen to wampa time yes for the news but it's because me and shemp have a really good chemistry yeah and when we talk we're always like uh like shemp's a voice actor and so he can make any like improv voice that he wants and right, yeah. it's just it's just when we get to something that we start laughing hysterically about, it'll be like literally 20 minutes of us just impersonating, making jokes, pointing things out. And that where it's different is because where it's different is that I am – Shemp is giving his take. I'm giving my take, and we're both – It's the whole point of Wumpa Time is we want people to walk away – with a smile on their face, kind of laughing, maybe not necessarily as informed, but it, a little bit more entertained. Um, mm. Or we do, and but we do inform people though. We do inform people, but we try to give that information in a semi comedic manner. So you're still getting top of the news, but there are people that will DM us. That'll be like, Hey, um, this news came out on Monday and we usually have our podcast either released on Saturday or Sunday. And, they literally say, I can't wait to hear what you say about this. On yeah, yeah. That right. makes even, though, even though they know the news. They already know about the news. They it's already know. Of it. But well, I, we, they want to hear our takes, and that's the difference. That's what, And also, I don't. I usually don't post content on Saturdays or Sundays other than Wampa Time. I leave the weekend dedicated for only Wampa Time and Wampa Time only. So people know when I post on the weekend, it's Wampa Time. With uh, the the... The distribution that you have, and of course, I've got distribution on, on some of those platforms that you that you have. But one of the things I don't have is SoundCloud. Would what do you would you? And this is just me generally being curious. What what's the benefits of being on SoundCloud to say other distribution streaming platforms? So it's relatively uh, the monthly payments is relatively cheap, but also it gets me access to Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify. It allows me to go to uh, allows us to go anywhere and. Um, it just it just works. It was something that Shemp and I we were doing research on. Shemp was like, "Hey, we got SoundCloud. Do you want to try that?" We said, "Yeah, sure." And we tried it. and We like it, and we've just mm -hmm. stuck with it. That's about it. It's nothing nothing overly complicated. It's okay, just we, tried right, right. It. we liked it, and we're like, "Yeah, let's go with it." So over the past uh, past couple of about uh, an hour, we've been talking about uh, video games. We're gonna take a little bit of a swerve. We'll take a bit of a breather and talk a little bit about real life. And uh, you know, one of the things that's dominating our lives now is, uh, of course, this wonderful lockdown that this country, I, uh, I in England, have been having for three months now or so. Uh, plus, with all the other flipping ones we had last year, I know you guys over there have uh, have had sort of your own sort of version of it with uh, similar to ours. Yeah. How how has that been for you? How have you been able to uh, deal with it? And you know, have you had any struggles? Has it, has it made you sort of learn anything about yourself? Or, you know, kind of take me through that whole process of basically everything in, in the sense that you go through. Because I've I've got my own you know feelings towards it, but I'm curious yeah. to see what your your feelings are to it too. 
So when the lockdown happened back in 2020, I had been doing YouTube full time for about two years. So I was used to working from home already. That was something that I was like, yeah, it's fine. I work from home. I already do that. There's no difference for me. Ha ha ha. Um, but then when things started to get to the point where it's like, okay, uh, you businesses are starting to shut down mandatory mask wearing and then everything started to really ramp up. I was just like, Oh no, this is starting to really impede on people's lives more than we thought. Right. And everyone was saying, Oh yeah, the disease will be done by August. It'll be done by, you know, uh, August, 2020. Ha, what a joke. And now it, it's really affecting me now because there are friends that I don't get to see at all because they live an hour, an hour and a half away and we can't travel outside of counties and stuff. So it's, it, I feel um, that the big thing that it's done for me is I like to hang out with people in person because of the fact I stay home all the time and interact as a digital persona in a way because when people see me on YouTube, it's it's me, but it's a digital version of me. Mm. And And when I talk with people online, it's still a digital version of me. The physical version with me, I can't play off of jokes off of certain people i can't right laugh i can't share stories a certain the same way and to not be able to see my these friends of mine that i haven't seen in over a year that i used to see on like a monthly basis it's that that's been shattering to me that's been really hard for me but i think the person that's affected worse though and of course in turn it affects me but who affects the worst is my wife my wife, uh, before she married me, lived in the States, and that's where her family is from. Right. The land borders are locked down. We can't cross yeah. the we can't cross the border. We usually see her family two to three times a year. Usually like around Thanksgiving and then sometime in the summer and then one other time in between. Um she since the lockdown, uh, she's see uh, her she's had a, a niece that she hasn't met yet and a nephew she hasn't wow. met yet. Um uh, her mother is, um, uh, she hasn't seen her mother, um, her, uh, dad, it's a rough relationship between them. And she, all she wants is to be able to go home for a week and just see everybody, see the babies yeah. and to see her go through that where, you know, I still have access to my family. My family's a 15 minute drive, right? Right. Yeah. She can't, she can't have that. And what was hard before is even harder now and it's really hard for me to be able to see her go through that. And so it's been a lot of trying to make sure that she's okay, trying to make sure that she's happy and trying to make sure that she is still mentally together and still holding together because it's, it's really hard and just trying to limp through this pandemic until it's over so that we can actually go visit her family. And I'm sure it's going to be a very, very emotional time when she finally gets yeah. to meet her new niece and her new nephew and my new niece and my new nephew, you know, yeah, you know, to finally see them. And for me to see the family again, it's something that's been really hard. And I think that that is um, because my wife, she, you know, she had postpartum, she had postpartum depression when the lockdown happened. So, mm -hmm. the, Oh, wow. The cure, the cure for postpartum depression is social interaction. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that's, 
that's a real horrible thing and, and especially with the, the things you mentioned I think that's probably the most difficult of all regardless of you know other things people want to do but yeah you know there's, there's nothing you can say there's nothing you can do it's, it's that's that's real tough to try and uh, get around that and um i don't know how it's going now where you are because we're, <laughs> we're still under house arrest so i know you're you're <laughs> lifting you're you're still lifting stuff which is you know slowly uh, yeah we just a, today they just opened up restaurants today maximum 10 people in the restaurants phone call only um, jealous. oh yeah man but yesterday it was yesterday uh it was uh or i guess the, the day before it was same thing as you lockdown can't really go yeah. anywhere um, only place that's open is like pharmacy, grocery store. That's about it. Everything else is nope or curbside. Yeah. Well, we still hope we live in hope and hopefully my parole will be up soon. Or they'll let me out. <laughs> what are the random questions I want to ask you? And I just, I just did this cause I found this earlier. I'm guessing this is to do with exchange rate, but you have a Teespring store. You have a merchandise store where you can get all things Canadian guy. Yeah. Um, and I will promote that <laughs> at the end of the show. <laughs> I love how when I looked at some of the products, the pricing is so specific. It's it's really strange. Like thirty two pounds and seven pence. <laughs> like where's the <laughs> seven pence? And then the other one was yeah. just like <laughs> five pence more. Like six for like a mug, for example, fourteen pounds sixty eight pence. Like you need that <laughs> that eight in there, don't you? But I'm guessing that's the exchange rate. Yeah, that's one hundred percent purely exchange. Uh, it's I I tried to balance it, but I mean yeah, like. Yeah. And also, too, is like I, I honestly don't know what is because it'll be like, OK, set your pricing. And I'm like, OK. And I set I set the price. And then some people are like, well, your products are cheap. And other people, are, your products are expensive. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know how to yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. balance it. <laughs> like, like well, one, of the, one of the T-shirts you've got, which is uh, the Penta Penguin for the Penguin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's 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 19 pound one pence. You're, you're scamming me with your one pet, you bastard. <laughs> it's, the funny thing about that is in Canada, that wouldn't even work because we removed the penny. So <laughs> it would be like that. That's funny. That is very funny. I don't know why. It, no, yeah, I'll tell you what's, what's going to happen. If I buy that T-shirt, you're giving me my pence back. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> Send my pence to the post, damn it. <laughs> I will. We, uh, we're going to get ourselves a... Uh, some Jamco underwear on there, some Jamco socks, maybe something like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I just, I just really want, nice. I just want some underwear with my name on it, just so I can say, <laughs> oh, big deal. Yeah. Hey, you want to see my merch? Pull your pants down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to see my name? Here it is. Pow. <laughs> one of, uh, one of the sort of final topics we're going to be getting into um, here as we uh, sort of head down the road as podcasts, and it's, it's a very unique one that uh, I, I, I did a bit of a vague conversation with the previous guest we had on last week. Uh, and that is about that is about faith, and of course you yeah. you, defi you define yourself as a, as a Christian, and, and absolutely uh, yeah. sort of the, the things that I'm curious about, which we're going to get into, is is a, is, a, is about faith, and yeah. many question times that I've asked are sort of various questions, and people have different takes on it, of, of course, mm. which is subjective. Now, yeah. I I said to the last guest, I said that that to me, there's two different things: there's your faith and there's your religion. Your faith is what sort of progresses you through your life or something you hold on to, to to better yourself in situations and religion is kind of that that set of rules or the, the group of people which i guess is the thing that can maybe sway people one way or the other or right. kind of maybe anger people or not anger people or sense of community or whatever it may be on both sides and i feel like that's where people get it all wrong because then they attach that to faith and, and, and all these kind of things so you know starting off 
what what is faith to you what what is what does that mean to you how does that work in your life to me the definition of faith is faith is hope in things that will come for you it's right. that believing that faith is believing and understanding that even though you may not understand something even though that you may not fully grasp the situation, even though that you don't know why you are where you are now and why you're there or why it's something's being taught this way or why something's being said this way or why things are happening. Faith is to know that do not worry it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. You're going to come out better for this. You are going to grow from this. It doesn't matter if it's hard, if it's good, if it's sad, if it's positive, negative, having faith that, and knowing that in the end, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. And knowing that, that you're taken care of, that there is that you, that you're fine. Don't worry. You're okay. Just continue to have faith and everything will work out. And as long as you hold on to that, as long as you hold to that, it's going to continue. And I've experienced that a number of times, um, uh, specifically with the YouTube channel. Uh, uh, I'll give you a test of fate right here. Um, it's what started my channel. Um, oh, really? I, yeah, it's what started my channel was a, a, a leap of faith. That's what it took. Uh, oh, okay. It was, but it was something that I had no choice. So just a quick breakdown because it can be a bit of a lengthy story before i was a youtuber i was an animation editor and, right. and what i would do is i would go to an animation studio they would send me the animation i drop into the timeline make sure it's sunk with the original clip and then make sure that everything is synced up and then find problems with it like oh yeah the 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 rig the bone pops out on the rig uh here you gotta fix oh, that okay. or hey uh the the drop shadow is missing or et cetera, et cetera, and then you know time it out so that was my job, and uh, I got laid off two days before my son was born. Oh, man. So I was laid off, uh, per, which I, now I found out. They, and they kept me on the line because as if, like, you know, they could call me back, and they didn't um, because they never really recovered. But I got laid off two days before my son was born, um, and then I got into a car accident. Uh, oh, God. Driving home, um, we had to go and get go for a doctor's appointment an hour and a half away. Um, and then they checked my son, David. Everything was fine. And on the way home, we got into a car accident where the car was a write-off. So the car was written off, so I had no car. I had no job. And we had just, because my wife was pregnant, we were trying to move into a house. And it took us three months to get into the place because the person that was living there before claimed squatter's rights and wasn't paying rent. Lipnick. Yeah. So I, so on, so we were supposed to be in when she was six months pregnant. We were moving when David, we were moving boxes in when my son was uh, two days old. So, but of course with a house that comes with first and last rent. Right. So mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of money, but I had enough for first and last. I'm like, okay, I have this job. You know, this job is going to allow me to be able to, you know, it'll be rough for a month or two, but we'll recover and we'll stabilize. And then, you know, after six months, we'll be okay. Well, I had no job. I had just moved and I just had a baby. 
Ooh. And, you know, I, you know, I, I was sitting there and I'm on my knees and I'm praying and I'm like, Lord, what, what do I do? What is, why, why am I going through this? I don't understand. And I sat down and I was like, there's something to this. There is something here that is going to drive me to do better. And so I talked with my wife and, you know, we had that conversation. What, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah. And at the time I had 10,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is, you know, not a good amount, but nothing to go full time on. Yeah. Not, not even close. And, um, my wife said, go for YouTube. And I said, no, what? there's no way. There's no way. Full-time YouTuber at 10,000 subscribers. What am I nuts? And she said, well, trust in the Lord and have faith. And I'm like, you're right. I'm going to do that. And, you know, oh man, the, the amount of people saying you are dumb. You are yeah. stupid. You are about to do something stupid. And I'm like, I know, but I so need to have before that you, Before you continue, I've got, I've got a couple of questions on that. So, yeah, so sure. first and foremost, surprise your wife would say that because most people in that position would say, like like the people that, that criticize you, like, well, don't go to the YouTube. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the starving artist, is it? Yes, where, exactly. With, like, with like art and music and, and all that kind of stuff where, you know, yeah, yeah but you got to you know get to that point of, of doing it. So I'm surprised yeah. that she uh, did that for you instead of, well, no, you know, you need to go and get a, a, a you know, real job in a sense. Yeah. Uh, that, that's sort of surprised me. And I guess the second part of that is when you're in those times of doubt, when you're in those times of struggle, I know you said that you prayed and, and you helped that, but would you say just faith was able to help you kind of discover some hope for the future when you know, you know, I don't know when the next job's going to be, where is it? I'm, I'm looking to the distance. I don't see it coming. Mm -hmm. Would you, yeah. would you, uh, contribute that future hope to just faith or was there other indicators is there as well? It, it was faith, hundred percent faith in God for me. It was, that was the only thing that was driving me because every other of my sense, my, my brain, my heart, my soul, uh, it was saying, no, no, stop. Don't do this. This is ridiculous. But my wife, she had more hope in my, in me than I did in myself. She, yeah. you know, my wife, she turned to me and like, uh, you know, she admitted to me a year later, she goes, I was so scared. She said, I was so scared, but she goes, but she said that I, she had faith as well in God that what that would help us through that. And I, even I doubted myself, but I said, okay, I need, I'm going to try it. And what, when I knew there, but you know how long it took for me to realize everything was going to be okay. Mm. One month. And you want to know why? Why? When I got my first YouTube paycheck, my very first YouTube paycheck after that month, because I was making about anywhere between a hundred to $200 a month when I was doing it full time, when I was doing it uh, off time with, um, you know, uh, doing it while working, I was making two, $300 a month. My paycheck was the exact number that I would have made at my animation studio. And to almost to the penny, it was 10 cents more. Wow. It was 10 cents more than what I made at my animation studio. And I realized I was like, okay, I can do this. I can. And I know that I can do this. And I haven't looked back since, and I have always said that it, it, and still say to this day, and I stay, and people may be, uh, be against what I say, but I stand by the fact that the reason why I am where I am today is because of my faith in God, and period. Because 
if you look at other channels that are doing the exact same thing, there are channels who are 100,000 subscribers who aren't full-time. There are channels that are uh, massive and they're not full-time yet. And yet here I am with 64,000 mm -hmm. subscribers and I am the breadwinner of the home. My wife doesn't work. She's a stay-at-home mom. I take care of two kids. I pay the rent. I got no debt. And I say 100% that is all dedicated to God. And that's my, my statement on that. Well, that's a good story, and and that kind of uh, kind of makes me wonder: is is being a Christian something you've had since you were a kid, or has that come yes. later in life? So you have yes. been well, since you were a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, but the the difference was was that my um, most of my siblings, um, my well, ex for the exception of my one brother who was born with severe autism and passed away when he was twenty one. Um, uh, my 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 brothers uh, had walked away from the faith. They okay. walked away from then my brothers had walked away from the faith and my sister did for a time, but she returned. Um, and I turned and I, when I was a kid, I saw in my mind, you know, I was, you know, I was raised as a Christian, raised as a Christian. And I would even argue and say that I didn't even fully grasp and understand everything. And I'm still learning to this day. I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's the one thing that I feel like a lot of people don't realize is that people think, okay, you know your religion, you know your beliefs, that's it, there you go, game over, you're done. No, 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 I'm still learning, and they're in to this day because there's nuances and there's depth. And I saw my brother, my brothers walk away, and it, they, they were living rough lives, and that I was just like, I don't want to live that. I've never been about that type of life. I've always been. The I've always been very um, not I wouldn't say timid, but very much like I like being on solid ground. I don't like the idea of being on sinking sand or being dangerous. Or I, I don't like that. I never was about that. And so but I still was learning and I was still learning. And there, there were times in my life where I was like, hmm, you know, when I was younger, maybe between the ages of like 16, 17, where maybe, you know, the, the thought floated around. But as I got older and as I get older, my faith only gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And, you know, before something, when I was a kid, I would fall asleep in services. Now I have a notebook out and I'm jotting down notes like crazy and listening and trying to pay attention and writing down verses and trying to make sure that I pay attention and connect all the dots together. And then sometimes even when we stop listening to the message, um, the message is done, I'm still writing notes. I'm still writing notes because I'm connecting things that have been said before with and, you know, so it, to me, to me in my life, God is number one, it, number one in my life. And because I know that if I put him as number one, he'll carry me all the way. He'll carry me through all my doubts and all my worries because he's already done that before. The funny thing about that too, is that when I, um, when my car, when I totaled my car, right. So I got, so I did the YouTube, you know, I was able to stabilize and get that paycheck. But the thing about my car was that they called me and they said, okay, we're sending you a check for $6,000. I was like, what? Why? Why are you sending me a check for six grand? And they said, what do you mean? Why you got into it? You told your car. And I'm like, yeah, but it was my fault. Why would I be getting any sort of money? They said, well, do you not know on your insurance that you have this one little deductible here that you were paying an extra $10 a month for your new car insurance? Wow. I said, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> they said, yeah. So all the money that you spent on your car, is back to you. All of it came back. Right. And, and I was just like, really? Like, so I got all the money that I invested into my car back. Like, cause you know, I was on a lease yeah. and I went and I got a car that 
was less than less value than my car because it was a, a demo car that people would use to try out. It had a thousand clicks on it and it was less, it was newer and it has all these features that are way better than my previous car. And I love it more. <laughs> you see so how that works the, out. In the the, end? Well, exactly. And, and I know that you've, you've had those sort of positive experiences for, for yeah. it, but what I want to ask you is, you know, what, what, I'm not to, you know, ask you to convert people, but mm. You know, if, if someone sort of listens to this, or even do you get, you, and you probably edit every single day where they go, you know, Aaron, I'm not too sure about this whole faith thing. You know, I'm not really sure about God. I'm not sure about all this. You know, why, why, why do I need faith? Why do I need to believe in God? You know, why, you know, how is that going to benefit me? Right. Believing in God is something that I do believe is something that is set in you. And it is something where if you are going to believe God, you will eventually. Eventually you will. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I do believe that God has people that are like, no, you're with me, whether you like it or not, and you're going to come to it one day. Maybe not now. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not a week later. Maybe not – maybe on your deathbed. But mm -hmm. – so to anybody listening, it's all – you know, it's up to you to decide, right? It's really yeah. – it really is, and if – you know, I, I can I could pull the thing is, is that and this is something that I feel like a lot of people have a problem with is that they always see these. I would like to say religious zealots. Yeah. Where. Yeah, oh, you man, these, you've got a ridiculous amount of America. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's these re religious zealots, these TV uh, pastors, these. Yeah. And they're, they're mean. They're memed upon. And there's all these things. And the thing is, that I just shake my head because it's like that's not what. In my mind, in my point of view, it's about that's not it, right? That's not what it's about. I, you know, with um, my belief, I'm very, very, I'm not, not, I'm quiet about it. But instead of me jumping up on, jumping up and down and screaming my head off, I like to live the life as a Christian and live it because you got some of these pastors that will jump up and down about how they're great and how God has blessed them. And then they go around and then uh, you find them a week later in the, um, in the brothel or you see them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and it's like that doesn't matter how loud you scream. Doesn't matter how positive you sound. Doesn't matter how good your speech is. If you're not living the life, what's the point? Absolutely. Yeah. So those, uh, I, those tell evangelists, man, they they are, they are something, aren't they? I mean, yeah, my they are the, the, just, uh, you know, from from clips that I've seen that people have sent to me, or or people that have you know memed, and it's like you know, I'm gonna banish the COVID out of you, and I think, oh, that's that's why the rates are so high. We have, we have banished COVID out of you, <laughs> and, and it's just like right. man, the 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 weird sort of psychoanalysis of them of of being, yeah. and and I, and I you kind of shake your head at it, but then you you kind of feel for the people who yeah. you know are probably just looking for that faith, looking for that person to believe in to to guide them yeah. through things, and yeah. it's basically uh you know a puppet in a suit who isn't doing it the right way he's using it as a, exactly. as a form of an income you almost use it as a, a you know a kind of a, a performance as it were you know exactly exactly they want to pound their chest and what they do is that they want to pound their chest and they want to claim glory but it's they're claiming glory and they're taking all this money. They're, they're, they're I'm not even going to say people are giving them money. They're stealing money. They are stealing yeah. from these people because there are people who are on their last 
thread of hope. They are on the last thread of hope in their life. Their 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 husband had died. Their children are drug addicted. They're about to get evicted from their house. They have no idea what to do. Mm. And you got these televangelists that are jumping up and down saying, "Send me money, and I promise you, God will bless you." And they yeah, there's yeah. numerous of stories of people sending thousands of dollars to these pastors, hoping, just hoping that God will save them and pull them out of this ditch. And it's like. Man, and that it, that aggravates me to no end because it's yeah. like all they're doing is they're just taking that money. And so my how I live my life, how I show it as, a, as an example of being a Christian, what I do is I live the life of being a Christian. Because yeah. when people look at me and see that example, they see like, hey, you know, the way he speaks, the way he walks, the way he talks, the way he does things, he – He's doing something that's correct. He's it's there's you know there's talking the talk and there's walking the walk. Yeah. I like to what I like to do is I like to walk the walk and then when people ask I talk the talk. But when but I walk the walk because that is actions speak louder than words. Absolutely. And I believe that. One of the uh, last things I ask you before we uh, wrap up this 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 kind of conversation on faith and you know a mm -hmm. lot of people have their own uh, answers for it but you know when yeah. when has your faith been been tested and we I the previous person I asked that uh, old Mike we had on, on last week you know it usually revolves around death uh, and yeah. he's talking about his his mother dying and you know I know they say a lot of times you know well they've gone to a better place or they were needed and you know, he was in a position where he was saying, you know, that was tested for me because, you know, why did she take my mother from me? You know, what, what, yeah. why do that? She didn't do anything. Uh, right. And, you know, that's kind of, it tends to be around it. And he said, you know, he kind of learned to, to sort of move on and, and to not blame anyone. So yeah. it tends to be around death. But for you personally, when, when has it, has it clashed with you? When have you kind of had to have that uh, meeting with yourself where you think, you know, what the hell is this? So the, the, what happened for me was, um, the, I guess the best route, the best wording would be like the crossroads. I was the, the challenge that where I decided to walk the path of faith and stay walking that path of faith. And obviously the, there was that challenge, like I just said about me jumping into the YouTube career. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, there was that test of faith, but the one that I feel like defined me and I can tell you it was, I was, I was in college and I was, uh, talking to, uh, I was talking to this girl that was not, um, that wasn't a Christian. And, uh, I was thinking about, you know, uh, us maybe dating and stuff. And mm -hmm. it was, but I knew that if I dated this girl, um, I, I would have, you know, I would have to put my religion to the side. I knew right. that. And I, 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 I didn't know we started, we were talking and then the one day, um, randomly out of the blue, out of the blue, I, uh, got a DM from a girl who is a Christian that I do know that is in the same belief as me. And we talked and we just talked and it was like, it was so refreshing. And I felt like I came back to where I was supposed to be. Right. I realized that talking it, it made because I didn't realize I was depressed. I was sad. I didn't really know why. And then when I talked with this girl, um, she's, she's not, she wasn't, it wasn't even in terms for a relationship. It was just talking as a friend. It was mm -hmm. like, I, I was like, I love that. And then as soon as the call ended and I went to go talk to the other girl, it wasn't yeah. there. It was gone. There was nothing there. That feeling that I so craved and so needed was not yeah. there. And I realized I was like, okay, no, this is it. This, I, I can't do this. So I walked away and then not 
three, four months later, I met my wife. And uh, that previous relationship, though, where you were going to possibly have to put your religion aside, if hmm. that hadn't worked out the way it did and you really liked that girl, would you have put it aside? I don't think so. No, I don't think I would have. Looking would. back, no, I right. wouldn't have. It was, it was something that, you know, I knew the answer, but I dodged from it. And like I said earlier, it's that I do believe that if somebody, you know, if, if you are meant to be with God, you're not going to, you won't run away, no matter how much you try, no matter yeah. how much you try to run, it's not going to happen. You, you could be on your deathbed and then turn and say, okay. And I, you know, I, I pronounce, you know, I believe in God. And then that's it. You could be on your deathbed. It, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. And so that is where I realized this is, this is what I need. This is what I want. And I felt that because I decided <clears throat> to walk away from that relationship that I knew I would have had to, if I decided to engage in, I would have to set aside my belief and my, my religion. I do believe because I did that, that I met my wife. Because mm -hmm. if I was if I was in this relationship with this woman, I wouldn't have been able to be able to practice my Christianity. And because yeah. it was a, a trial, you know, and I do believe that uh, the saying the saying that my father said is uh, gold is forged by fire and a trial is fire. And if you survive mm -hmm. the trial, you are stronger for the next one. And I do believe that that was um, oh, a trial of a sense. Yeah. And so. Yeah. But it was like a few months later, I met my wife, and now we have two beautiful children. We have a happy marriage. We, uh, I mean, you, she believed about a guy talking up, saying, "Hey, I'm going to make my full time yeah, job true. talking about an orange bandicoot and a purple dragon." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. How true, much love true. do you need to have for that person Absolutely, to be able yeah. to say? So you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, um, uh, that, uh, that's a great way to, to wrap up that uh, that that part of the conversation there. And we can yeah. we could talk days and days about stuff like that. Absolutely. We're gonna head on home. We're gonna head on home to the. Uh, before we do, we obviously got to do our, our most famous Q and A that we always do. So as as I always say, I ask you two questions that uh, we ask everybody. Um, I tailor it a little bit to, to video games because I tend to put it to, to other ones. Known three specific life questions. So the first two questions I ask are usually to do with overrated and underrated something. Now usually tend to do with sort of personalities and things. So I'm going to tailor it to video games. So for you, what is the most overrated video game? Oh, oh, oh no! Oh no! You're pulling out this dark opinion at me. <laughs> okay, here it is, and I, you know, you may have to evict me. Uh, Super Mario. Which one? Uh, Odyssey, Mario Odyssey. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I think it's it's good. Like, don't get me wrong, it's yeah. good. But the best Mario game? Nah, nah, <laughs> no. What would you say is the best Mario game? The best Mario game? Yeah. Uh, I would have to say probably. I thoroughly enjoyed. I liked Sunshine. Yeah, that's my one. That's my one. Super Mario Sunshine was really good. Of course, Mar Super Mario 64 still like is hits the nostalgia gear, but in mm. terms of like story and in terms of Absolutely. graphic, Super Mario Sunshine totally is really agree. good. There's uh, I'm always a sucker for a story, regardless of whatever it may be, TV shows, games, music, and I always love the 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 games and trilogies that are completely different story to the regular you know, mm -hmm. usual narrative. So, for example, for Mario, it's, it's Super Mario Sunshine. And for Pokemon, it is Pokemon Coliseum, one of my favorite games of all time. Because oh, Pokemon Coliseum is love, so good. Love, love, love those two games. Really, really, uh, really love them. So on the flip side of that, mm. what is the most underrated uh, video game of all time? So 
I'm going to speak to this on a technical aspect because it was something that was because I think there's a, a number of games that definitely fit that category for me. Um, there's um, I'm going to say two. One, because almost no one knows about it and it's really good. And the other, because almost no one knows about it, but for its time, it was amazing. And it was Magic Pendule. Um, Magic Pendule was this turn-based RPG game where you yeah. got to draw your characters to life. And depending how you drew the character depended on their stats. So if you drew your character thin, they were faster, but their defense was lower. If you drew them chunky, okay. they were slower, but they had more defense. If you had horns, wings, et cetera, et cetera, you could customize this character by literally drawing. Like you're, it's not like you build a character like Spore. You're literally drawing the character with your PlayStation 2 analog stick. And uh, very unique, I thought. Very unique. Um, so, and... Okay. Almost never hear that. And the other underrated one is a PS1 classic jumping flash. Okay. So that was like the first, it was a 3D first person shooter platformer. Ah. <laughs> it, it was weird. It was odd. It had great music. You never heard of jumping flash again past the PlayStation when I think it was made by Bandai Namco. And uh, okay. it was unique. Sounds yeah, I'm gonna check those out actually and see what uh, what what those are like. So mm. we're gonna head on to the uh, three specific questions. And you know these questions, I actually, as, as I mentioned, I always get these specific questions uh, for the person mm. I'm talking to, which are different from each person. And the ones I think are pure gold, the ones that I've chosen to you, because I feel like they're basically into what we've been talking about. And I picked these before mm. we even spoke, so I think these are actually gonna work for for uh, all three of these for you in mm. particular. So first one, for five minutes, you get transported thirty years into the future. You sit okay. at, in the front of a computer. What information do you look up? Wow. Okay. I've never thought of that's a really good question. Um, I mean, the answer is that you panic for five minutes. I mean, is that sort of what everyone yeah, does? You just you just panic for five minutes. Um, if I've been transported thirty years to the future, the first thing I'm going to look up is what I would honestly look up just the recent technology in terms of gaming and in terms of just PC world in general, like what, okay, we're 30 years in the future. What are we capable of now? Mm. What can we do? Yeah. What is something that, you know, cause I love technology, right? So what can the most recent gaming consoles do? What about the recent graphics cards? Um, you know, what's the new thing? Cause you know, 3d graphics was a thing. And then we got VR is VR been integrated. What's going and, and that's what I would look up. I would want to know what is the new current, generation of technology so that's why i think what i would look up yeah but you're not do picking the right answer the answer is you find last year's lottery numbers and then you go <laughs> back and you win it that's you know what that you know what yeah that would if that's a good option i i i gave the wrong answer but i still think <laughs> lottery numbers Okay, question number two, uh, and again, really fantastic. This, this kind of all falls in place for, for you, especially. You are put into any video game of your choosing for a month. If you die in the game, you die in real life. But if you make it through the whole month, you will receive $10 million. What game would you choose? <laughs> I would choose... I would choose... Uh... <laughs> Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Sneak. Come, come on, ten million bucks. Come on, Animal Crossing. There's you. You literally can't. You couldn't what die if you wanted to. 
I mean, yeah, I, was, you know, I see what you've done there. You kind of like cheated my question there, you swine. But I guess you'll uh, the worst that could happen is if someone digs up all the land around you and then just you get sucked <laughs> into like a ditch or something or get stung by a bee. <laughs> but hey, you know what? I get to talk to animal people and people gift me things and I eat fruit. Yeah, so true. Yeah, easy fun. life. Uh, on an island resort, man. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, and last question, which again, I, I, I picked this before uh, we talked about the faith thing. So I kind of felt it was a good ending as well to it. So, um, and again, I don't know if, if you subscribe to this or not. So you'll have to sort of, we might have to cater the question. So the question is people who don't believe the Bible is literal, but still believe in the Bible, where do you draw the line on what is real and what isn't? So I believe that. Everything in the Bible is real. I do believe that. However, I do believe that there are translation issues that okay. are. So I'll give you an example, a quick example. Um, did you know that in the, uh, I can't remember if it's the Hebrew or Greek language, there's two words for love. Okay. Two words. There is a word called uh, Ophelio and a word called agape. Ophelio love is the type of love that you give towards your wife, your children, um, your family. And then there's agape love, which is the type of love that God gives to you. But the Bible then retranslates the word to just love. And, but it's, it's different. It's different because if you have, if you feel an Ophelia love towards somebody and let's say uh, someone came in and hurt that person, you would feel vengeful and hateful towards them. Yeah. But if you have an, an agape love, it would be you would pray for their soul because you know that the action that they did is not going to likely put them in a good place and you don't want them to go there. You don't want anybody to go there. And so, but the Bible translates it to just love. And there, but there's a difference. There's a significant difference, right? So I do believe that the Bible is correct and literal, but you have to dig. You yeah. have to. You have to dig because there are translation bits. There are translation issues. There's, and it depends on which version of the Bible that you read too. There's, uh, you know, so many different versions. I didn't even, uh, like when I was a kid, I didn't even know that there was so many different versions, but there's yeah. King James, new King James, there's this, that there's new Testament, uh, uh, new Testament version two. There's, there's all these different translations. So when you say, is the Bible literal? It's like, okay, but which version, right? Mm -hmm. Do you mean, the Old Testament, or do you mean the, the Jewish Torah? Do you mean yeah, okay. the King James and the New King James? So it's it's a, it's a very ambiguous question that's hard to answer. Right, 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 sure. So it, it, I guess the answer would be yes, I do believe it's literal, but depending on translation. Gotcha. Okay. Well, i got to tell you, we are heading on down the road towards our uh, our end of the podcast. I've got to tell you, Alan, it's been a true, uh, real treat talking to you about just about goddamn everything. And uh, at some <laughs> point, we could uh, probably talk about a thousand things or more. So we'll certainly uh, do this again sometime. Before yeah. we head on down, I've got to make sure I give the uh, the old promotion. Uh, I've got a lot to, to say. So uh, if you want to check out the One Per Time podcast, you can certainly do so by uh, checking out the, the link tree that's on uh Aaron's uh, YouTube page, Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot double E slash one per time. They're available on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud as well. You can also uh, check out or support the, the YouTube channel, streamlabs.com slash Canadian Guy E-H. 
and become a member of the YouTube channel to subscribe. His YouTube channel is youtube.com slash EH again. You can also support him on Patreon, patreon.com slash EH as well. He's also got himself a merch page where we will have, <laughs> where we will have uh, Jamco underwear on there at some point. It's going to happen at some point. Some point. <laughs> Teespring.com uh, slash Canadian hyphen guy hyphen E-H-S. And you can catch him on the old Twitter machine twitter.com slash canadian guy ehh as well as facebook.com canadian guy ehh again i basically just promoted the hell out of you i mean i, mean, I appreciate it is, is there anything else like you've got a tinder page you want me to promote to <laughs> no, 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 no don't worry uh, uh only fans in the future no i'm kidding <laughs> um there are where you can check out all things uh, Canadian guys. It's currently on 64,000. So, of course, we want to get them to 100,000, baby. We've got to get them to that uh, magic number. So, any run throughs, anything, you can check out all gaming things as well from the Canadian guy EH is YouTube page. But we're out of time uh, once again. Uh, Aaron, appreciate uh, talking. I quite enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. It is goodbye from Aaron. It is goodbye from the Jamco once again. And uh, we'll catch you once again next time for another edition of the Jamco Talks podcast. But in the meantime, stay safe and be good to one another. Jamco Talks is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Check out all things FWZ on the FWZ Collection channel. the logic of platforms and hitboxes, okay, sir? When I activate the box and it goes into a solid platform, you know what solid means? It means you don't go through it! <laughs>